Welcome to the Bards FM podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to A Conversation with Everin. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots. And today is Friday, July 15th. And tonight we have a very special interview with Evren, who all of you who have been part of Bards Nation know. Very, very talented audio engineer and musician. And so we're going to have a great conversation with him in just a few minutes. Before we begin tonight, make sure you're taking good care of all of your wealth. In this time of financial uncertainty, it is absolutely essential that you start looking at precious metals and solid assets. Patriots, we know the economy is in a mess, but you know it's never good when your nation's supposed authority on economic policy completely misses the flashing red lights of impending inflation. Now, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has finally admitted, quote, there have been unanticipated and large shocks to the economy that have boosted energy and food prices and supply bottlenecks that affected our economy badly that I didn't at any time fully understand. What can we say? You know who understands the real threat of inflation? It's the people who have invested in gold and silver. And that's why we have Birch Gold. They're working with you to protect your savings from a highly turbulent economy by diversifying your 401k and IRA into gold, physical gold. And it's not too late for you to take action now. Text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898 and get a free info kit on diversifying and protecting your savings with precious metals. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of satisfied customers, Birch Gold has the experts to help you. Text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898 and get real help from Birch Gold today. Again, text BARDS to 989898 to claim your free, no-obligation info kit on protecting your savings with gold. So, Patriots, there's a couple of things we got to go over before we start the interview tonight. One is that I completely forgot to mention. I did mention it earlier in the week, but here we are Friday, and I haven't mentioned it at all otherwise, and it's a pretty big deal. Bards FM podcast has now over 28 million downloads, and that's incredible, in 120 countries. Patriots, as I've said before, this three years ago today, this podcast had 100 subs on YouTube. That's God working. In three years, we have worked and spread this podcast around the world to 120 countries, 28 million downloads, 1.4 million downloads a month. We have six times the audience of CNN. That's winning. That's what winning looks like when the digital army stands up and works, and it's what the winning looks like when God gets behind the sails and starts to push. 
We've got a long ways to go, but we're still growing and we're not going to stop. So thank you all very much. It's continuing and it is only just the beginning. Now, in another note, today is Shemaine's Nugent's birthday. So happy birthday, Shemaine. And tonight is Ted is kicking off his first concert and his concert tour concert tour. So make sure and check out tednugent.com. Go over to the tour section and check out where he's going to be. You don't want to miss this tour. This is going to be an epic tour. And next, starting next Tuesday and Thursday, Shemaine's podcast will be kind of loosely affiliated with the Bards Nation Network. She's going to be starting her podcast next Tuesday and Wednesday, every Tuesday and Wednesday on Podbean. And we're going to make sure that maybe, I don't know if the first one's going out, but very shortly in the next week or so, she's going to be doing live streaming as well. So make sure and join her on that. And I'll give you more updates as we go. We want to build out the network. We want to dominate, like dominate the whole ecosystem of audio podcasting. That's the goal with great personalities. So we've, and then of course, you know, Duncan is dealing with a loss very close person in his life that passed away. He will not have his shows until Monday. So the Kilted Christian is off air until Monday. But look out because once a person takes a couple days like that, things get fired up and who knows where we're going to go. So we've got great things coming. And then, of course, on Saturday, Saturday evenings, we have Little Bear, Big Bear. That's the podcast with Evren and his family, who you're going to hear from here in just a moment. And Little Bear is, of course, his daughter. So it is a great podcast, a great family podcast. That's every Saturday evening. And we'll get all those times posted so you can find them easy. We'll put them on the website. I just got to make sure and confirm all those times with everybody. But look for them. They're all on Podbean. That's because we're going to dominate Podbean with great content that nobody can live without. All right, Patriots. So the world is in a crazy, turbulent time. We've got two transgenders that literally went to attend the French ambassador's Bastille Day party. Everything they're doing is designed to humiliate the United States. This is the ritual way of destroying a nation. And they're laughing at us, and they are enjoying humiliating the reputation of, the, of this nation in the eyes of the world. I need you to let that set in, and I need that to become a righteous anger because this is not the way we are treated and these elites have decided that they're going to do what they want with us and things are going to get tougher. Everything I'm reading where they're heading is going to a place where they are going to force a new digital currency and it's and if what I understood today and I'm the piece that I read unfortunately seems to have been pulled down or I should listen to I should say I'm still looking for a copy of it. As soon as I get it, I'll put it into the Bard's family room. But here's what was crazy. And I, I don't know. I cannot validate this piece. But according to what this was, and it was apparently a hack that was done into the new system. You're going to love this. There were established classes of people by letter. So you have the top classes, all the elites, which excludes everybody that's a patriot. And that class is sovereign. And underneath that class is a, another class. So it's an S. You get a sovereign class. You can do anything you want. You have no restrictions on your money. You can do any, everything you want to go. And that's for the elites. 
And then underneath that is the commoner class. This is right out of the feudal era, the commoner class, which a lot of people will be commoners. But if you're a patriot, you're going to be an R and at least, and that's a restricted class. And then there's obviously they're trying to get you, force you to use this digital money so they can control your life. And the bottom class, this is why I'm laughing. If this is true, I hope this isn't true. But if it is true, it ends up being that everybody got completely scammed because the bottom class is Q. All of those that they put into quarantine. How's that one? All I'm telling you is be careful who you follow. Be careful what you worship and what you believe. Stay focused on God in this whole thing and be defiant. This digital system only works if people accept this new social credit score and digital currency. If you refuse to comply, it will not work. But if you're going to be weak and spineless, you might as well take 15 more vaxes and line up because you're no good to us in this nation. We need patriots. We need spine. We need, we need courage. And we need it more than ever right now. All right. With that said, tonight's interview, I think, is a nice break from the insanity. And that's why I kind of let in with all of this. There's so much going on that we often forget how precious our time and our gifts and talents are. And tonight we're going to explore that with a very, very talented person, person who is part of Bards Nation. We're very proud of that and has an amazing family. And that's Everin. So let's begin. Hello. Hey, what's going on? Is this little bear? Yes. What's going on? How are you? I'm good. Well, we just finished eating a bunch of wild-picked black raspberry pancakes. Oh, yeah. Did you pick the pancakes or did you make the pancakes? (laughs) We made the pancakes, but we picked the berries. Okay, just had to be clear because I don't know what type of plants you have up there in in that genetically modified country near Trudeau, so I just have to be careful. (laughs) got pancake bushes about yeah who knows it's possible these days you might be seeing them like start walking to your table or something you know patriots it's a real honor today to have evren who you've all come to know through his music and his gift of rhythm rhyme and it's even hard to call his music rap because he's almost redefining a genre he puts his love of god and love of of life into what he does but all that said, we're having him today as a guest, and it's an honor. And Evan, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm good. I'm really good. Thanks for having me. You know, absolutely, it's, man. So it's wonderful. Oh, sorry, please. No, no, and just uh, talk a little bit just about yourself as we start here, because you kind of came out of nowhere, and in from my perspective, because we really didn't know your music, we didn't know a lot about you, and suddenly within Bards Nation's network, uh, what can I say? I've seen people literally fall in love with your music and as i've said a number of times in chat which proves true if we call your music rap which is i I struggle with that um it's not a genre people would have even listened to and yet it hits almost everybody universally yeah you know it's and i mentioned this to you um when we when we spoke generally it's not a genre that i even really listen to i i used to listen to it um but I stopped listening to it quite a while back. And uh, one of the things that I've been really fortunate to experience over the years is similar to what you just said. A lot of people say, hey, listen, I don't listen to rap, 
but I can, I can listen to this. And I find that that's something that's, um, I really appreciate that, not about me, but about the fact that we can be exposed to something that we think we'll never get into and we'll, we'll just, there's no way we could ever relate to it. But when presented with the right opportunity, it can speak to us. And I think that's something that can be applied across the board. I agree with that completely. I think that the, the problem with a lot of genres is as they get fixed they often get fixed with the influences of things of the negative, especially in the music industry. There's so much darkness. And I, I think that, I don't think people realize how much experience you've had in the music industry. Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, I started this, I started this a long time ago, um, as a kid, really a 13 year old who met a guy who was a DJ who said, listen, I'm going to start, making beats. And I said, tell you what, you start making beats and I'll start rapping. It was kind of just this thing that we had said in passing and, but he started making beats. And so I honored my commitment and I started rapping. And along the way, it was, it was great because he also included me in the uh, production side of it. And at the time it was, he just had this sampler. It was called an Insonic EPS 16. It had like eight channels and you know, with the particular music that he was making, which was hip hop. And this was like 1990, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, 90, 91. Uh, the music was relatively new. It had been happening for a while, but it was really just coming to the scene. And you couldn't hear it. Like you wouldn't hear um, rap music on any radio station. But we had, there was one here in Toronto at the time, uh, CKLN, who was a, university run station so they had the shows like the power move show and so you'd you'd huddle around the radio with a tape recorder and you'd record these songs because there's no internet there's nothing and this is where we'd, we'd hear our track so a lot of the music at the time uh was literally it could only be made with the tools that you had and it was like here's an eight track sampler so you've got your 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 beat you know your kick your snare your hi-hat a sample a bass line and go so it was it was introduced to me uh, early on. And then I just fell in love with the whole process. So I stuck with the, the writing rhymes portion of it, but I also really fell in love with the, the creation and the music production. So my career after high school, um, throughout this whole process, I just continued down the path. I was writing rhymes, but I also was putting beats together and, and, um, I came across a number of musicians that I had met and I was blown away by this whole new world of live music. Cause here I am this kid who's been making beats and I met this, these guys in high school and then we started playing live. So I'm rhyming, but there's drums now and there's bass and there's keys and there's guitars. And it, it just blew my mind and it opened me up to this whole new way of thinking about music. So it's kind of been this, this thing since then I, I started, um, you know, I, I, I started getting a little bit of gear here and there. And after high school, it was as opposed to going to a post-secondary education, like a, like a higher, higher level university, I just grabbed some gear. And within months of doing that, I had landed a gig making a beat for, we have a, one of our um, providers up here, Bell, they had a Bell Mobility commercial, 30 second spot, 
made this beat and somebody I knew sent it to this, this agency and, and it was kind of like, okay, here you go. You can, uh, you can, you can make money doing this. And at the time I'm like, you can make money doing music. Like, like that's, and not to say, and listen, disclaimer. And I, and I've said this to you and I'll say it to like, you know, you don't get into music to make money and it's, and it's not something uh, that you, of course you can. And it's, and it's definitely not always there, but I was blessed and fortunate enough that I had been able to continue down that path of writing music, producing music, and ultimately a lot of my original songs then started making their ways into various uh, TV shows. They were like licensing tracks and stuff like that. So I just, I just stayed the, the course. And in that, I, through the, uh, the, the, the wonderful people that I met, started learning to play some of these instruments, playing bass, picking up the keys, um, and then recording and editing. So it starts as this kid who met a guy who, who, uh, you know, who made a deal, followed through. And, and now I just, um, the entire process, the whole way through is something that I'm, I'm really grateful for. Talk a little bit about the rhyming and what inspires you. I mean, obviously it's evident that you're very inspired in your relationship to Christ, but what is your process to get inspired to write these rhythms? Yeah. You know, it's, um, it's interesting. I, I, and I, and I've said this to you and I'll say it again. Like I, I don't really think that any of this stuff comes from me. I say that uh, with, with all humility in the sense that I've, I sit down and usually a lot of the songs that, that I make, they're all written within about 30 minutes to maybe an hour. Um, they're not made over extended periods of time. They're usually with most of the songs, they're three verses and a chorus. And, and it really just kind of happens. And I, I have no idea. Well, now I do. Now I know that it's all coming from God. I, I, I've always known that it was coming from God, but I wasn't able to make the connection until I started my walk, my Christian walk and my relationship with Christ then everything made sense. So what inspires me? Um, I think it's just life in general. And I think that God has a tendency of working through all of us to do the things that we're called to do. And I, and I battled with this a lot because in my earlier music, it's interesting. I've gone back to stuff from 20 years ago and I'm talking about God and I'm talking to God. Um, and it was always very, there was also a very political kind of, uh, revolutionary element to it in the sense that, cause I've always seen that, okay, we're, we're in this fallen world, we're in this corrupt world and I'm, I'm very ungovernable and have been for my whole life. And, I, and I've always felt like music can be a tool used to, to express that. And, and even a lot of like hip hop earlier stuff was meant for that before I, it got taken as far as I'm concerned and kind of co-opted because here's this vehicle that could unite people and, and you can put a lot of info and a lot of words into a message, um, you know, and so of course it's very dangerous for the powers that be because the last thing you want is people unified, you know, under a message that doesn't support their agenda. So to kind of answer that, um, I don't really know, but I, I feel, I'll give you an example. I've had this song in my mind that I thought I was going to do yesterday. I sat down to do it 
but something entirely different happened and um and i had to go with it so it was god saying you can get to this other song but you got to do this one now i don't think there's a rhyme or reason to when and why but <laughs> being the guy that can't find his car keys in the morning and loses his wallet every day and and, and you know <laughs> stubs his toe on the same uh this, the, the same piece of wood, it's, it's definitely not something that, uh, that I'm coming up with, but I'm grateful to be the steward of that message. Uh, you know, it's like, I, I liken it to being the captain. I don't own the ship. Uh, I don't own the company. I didn't make the boat, but I'm just, I'm just the guy currently at the wheel until my number's called. And, and there's many of us, you know, we're at the wheel, but we're being guided, guided by love and God. There's usually a process, you kind of implied it anyway, that I found that when we kind of get to that place where we can really hear God, there's usually a bit of trial to get there. And I know you were, some chats you and I had the other day, there's, you've had your own tri trials. Can you talk some about that? Uh, like personal trials, uh, professional trials, or just all, all of it. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, you get into, um, you get into music. Well, I can't speak for others, but I believe that artists get into whatever art they do. In my case, it's been music because you feel the need. There's something inside you that you need to share. And along the way, um, these industries, because they are industries, become commodified and you hit a crossroads where there's what you know you need to say or you feel compelled to say and what, for lack of a better term, they want you to say. So one of the things with me was, I always wanted to use the music as a means to connect with people. I was a really troubled teenager. Um, you know, I, I have uh, two loving parents, they went their ways um, at a young age and like many families that that um that break apart i was younger than my son at the time and it was it was hard so i went out to the world and met all of the uh the fellow broken kids who were going through whatever they were going through and and had a really tumultuous teenage years in which this music was something that really helped me go through that and as the years progressed i always wanted to be able to connect with other people who might feel uh lost and and hopeless and in you know and i'm really grateful that i'm here today because there were many times along the way that it could have gone the other way um and this and i mean this is kind of the coles notes version of it because I, I never you know it's you don't think about it till till asked but um I struggled with wanting to use my music as a means of connecting with people to let them know that there was always a better way and they didn't have to suffer alone and in silence in their own uh, misery and anxieties. But I got to a point where I saw that the industry does not support that type of thinking. They want you to buy stuff. They want you to be a certain way. And they're not interested in people recognizing that they have the power to make decisions on their own. And they're not at the mercy and the whim of 
corporations that are there to sell you the same toothpaste and hair products and cars some you know it's, it blows my mind it's always the new and improved like you didn't get toothpaste the first time the first 65 years in a row and it's always this idea that you know this disposable culture of like advertisements are there to tell you what's wrong with you so you can keep buying useless stuff that you don't need so there's no difference in 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 you know the music industry where they've got a model I mean, I believe this is much more nefarious and it's something that I, I'm, I'm pretty sure our audience or the audience in, on your show, and I say our because I'm, I'm one of the people that really love the show, uh, we, we understand. It might just seem like here's a formula, sex sells, say this, do that, um, but it's not. It's a, it's a much deeper agenda and it's a darker agenda. And I've seen it firsthand and I've struggled with it how that agenda can take something and someone who wants to do right with their art and their music but ultimately puts you at this uh, decision making point where you go do i want to go further in my career by saying the things that they want me to say or 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 is this it so for me this was this internal conflict and the enemy took hold of me and i knew that that's not something i wanted to do and there were many opportunities along the way where you know they always talk about making that deal with the devil it's so crazy i don't know if you've ever heard there's like this one interview is uh, with bob dylan and and uh, bradley and he says did you know the one i'm talking about he says to him he goes uh He's talking about his music and he asks him and he goes you know and, the, and then i made the deal in the interviewer at 60 minutes he goes oh you mean with god and he goes uh, he kind of beats around it and he goes no like I, I made the deal and he says it he basically says i you know i made the deal with the devil that's a real thing <laughs> like and and that deal with the devil destroyed me because i never took the deal as far as i as, as far as i understand i don't i don't think i did because because um because all of these things that were, I had this idea in my mind of this life that I was going to live. And, and um, it spun me out and coupled with the pain of earlier experiences, the loss of, uh, of a best friend who mysteriously drowned and, and addiction and going into a world, you know, the music industry, this idea, okay, you're going to be a rock star and it's parties and drugs and, 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 and it's pumped into you. And it comes from this culture that we, you know, you talk about a lot that was again, intentionally introduced into North America to destroy all that is good and all that comes from God to separate us from family and have that moral authority and that, that, that integrity, our, our compass, you know, our God given compass to, to do what is right. So you think that, Hey, uh, to do this, right. I got to get crazy. I got to get messed up. And all of these things hit me. And I went through the whole thing, knowing deep down inside, there's a, there's a gift, there's a God given gift, but I'm not honoring it. And, um, I heard a quote, I don't, I think maybe it was, uh, I, I, I might misquote it, but a Dostoyevsky and I've never, I've never read anything by him, but it was basically, a. he's this man, uh, the death of Ivan Ilyich. He's, and he looks up and he says that, you know, don't let your music, don't die with your music still inside you. 
I remember hearing that and I was like, oh God, I don't want to die with my music still inside of me. Not because I, not because I, I, I want people to like the music that I make, but it's because that music has been put there from God, I believe. And if I can at least get that out, and, and why I'm so grateful that we, we're talking today is what you've done when I shared some of the stuff with you and, and, you've, and you've, you've brought it to your audience, I can't tell you how grateful I am to know that I won't be dying with my music still inside of me. That's powerful. And I, I can understand that very much. There's um, different ways that we're called and different talents that we have. And there is a lot of that, that when it starts to awaken, there needs to be an, a way to take it out. Otherwise, like you say, it just sits around and spins around in a noodle loop within you. And there has to be a way to find a channel to bring what God wants within us into the world. That often, if we don't listen and don't trust, I think that it ends up building up inside and actually works the reverse. It brings us down. It starts to defeat us because we're not trusting in the gift and we're not trusting that there is a way to bring it out. We just have to find that way of listening to how God wants us to move. And many times it's the most unusual avenues that we're presented with. A lot of what you also bring and have in you, and I think it shows in your work, it definitely shows in the new podcast that you've started on Saturdays, is your family. And you, it's, there's a very warm light that comes through the voice of your children, of your wife, there's a unity. Talk a little bit about that in terms of you, inspiration, what it means to you. That in itself is, is I am so uh, thankful. This, I wasn't always, so coming from the, the music world, and, and my wife can attest to this, it wasn't an easy transition for me to go from being this guy that was like, I'm going to go tour and I'm going to travel the world and I'm going to, you know, and I've got a song on this, this testimony album about it called conflict resolution. And, um, you know, like that was what my life was going to be. So I wasn't going to be this dad at home. Like it's not what I wanted. So it wasn't an easy transition, especially in the earlier years with my son, cause I was still battling this, this monster of how did this happen? I'm going this way. Was, I, was, I wasn't planning on going this way. Um, where we are today, what we've gone through, where we've been. Uh, I have a friend of mine, he always talks about the importance of testimony. He says that uh, people can never take away your testimony and your experience with the Lord. My testimony with Christ is one of an absolute transformation in every single aspect of my life, especially when it comes to my ability to have the relationship that I've always dreamed of having with my wife and with my kids. And, and, um, you know, it's, we can't force anyone to do anything. And if anyone was, would have told me a few years back that I would, I would 
come to the Lord and I would make sure that I was very vocal and I would, my, my music and my life would be about sharing everything that I've experienced and learned with and through and continue to with Christ, I wouldn't have believed it. You have to get there on your own time. One of the things that you talk about, the importance of meeting people where they are. And it can be hard. It can be really frustrating. My relationship to God is one that has saved every aspect of my life and my household and the harmony and the peace. Do we have bad days? Totally. Uh, do I still freak out? Yeah. As much? No. Is there a consistency? There is a peace unlike anything that I even thought was possible. Um, I'm hot-headed. I'm very fiery, a bit rough around the edges. But God and Christ has truly brought this ability to have that accountability with him. And then through the relationship that we have here, you know, we started this show, as you were mentioning, just a few weeks back. And it kind of started as a, it was a joke. And it wasn't a joke, but it was like, I was in the, the, the room, one of the, I think it was one of the end of uh, the nine o'clock. So the six o'clock show for you. And I was sitting there and I was having this monologue and I said, ah, you know, I'm just going to start a podcast. And Chris, one of your mods, the mods are amazing, by the way, all of you. Um, he said, okay, starting on Saturday, you got 47 hours, go. And I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> no problem. I'll go. I got this. And we have a little page. So as you know, there's a few of us who are like super late nighters and we stay to the end. And that's just what we like to do because it's this beautiful place. And it's, uh, and, um, and so I was like, I'm going to make a page. So when we get kicked out of Bards, we've got somewhere to go. So I created this thing called the LLELC, which is the the late, late, even later crew. And it's a telegram page. And so we, you know, we, we kind of go there and we share things about our day and whatnot. And, and, uh, and so I had posed the question there, you know, I was going to do this thing and I, I don't know, like, what would it be? And, um, one of the, the people there, Barbara, she had said, uh, you should do this. You should make it a family thing. And I, cause I've been thinking about it for a while, cause you know, my daughter, she, she's involved with some, some voice stuff as well. And, and I wanted to produce this show. I was like, I got to produce this show. Um, and I've been talking about it for like a year. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. There's always, always something, right? You'll get to it. So when she said that, I was like, the light went off and it was like, okay, we're going to do this, but we're going to do it live. And we're, and we've got, we've only got 46 hours. So it's like, you know, so we sat down a couple hours before I said, kids, we're going to Saturday, we're going to sit down and we're going to have a family show and we're going to, you know, and this is what we're going to do. And they're like, okay, uh, what are we going to talk about? I have no idea, but we're on in, we're on in an hour. So it's just, let's go. Uh, green means go. And, and that's kind of how it, that, how it's like, that's how it started. And it was amazing because it took all this. Uh, the lesson was, you know, we overthink everything so much. People have been so, uh, uh, wonderful and reaching out and just letting us know, you know, I had no idea that a family of four could sit around and just have a conversation and it would bring uh, comfort and joy and, you know, to people who clearly all of us are, are navigating a, a, a really stormy season. Um, and that's, that in itself has just been 
such a blessing. So that was kind of the origin of that, but you don't have to overthink it. You can just do it. We don't know how uh, the things that we're going to do are going to affect people. You know, when I write a song, I can't, I have to be detached from the outcome. I, I, I have no idea. When you start thinking, will they like it? I think that's when you disconnect from God and then you insert man and you start becoming, you know, that that's when that control, that element, the industry, the production, the overthinking, you know, in life, the plants grow. You don't, that seed, it, it has its time. God's given it that, that time. So it's the same thing when we can just create something without, without overthinking it and not worry and just trust it's going to work. It's going to happen. Does it, is it always amazing? No. Does every plant always bloom? No. But I, I, uh, you know, I feel like this thing that we're doing together is obviously going to grow. It's going to evolve. Hopefully maybe we'll, we'll, we'll add some structure to it, but the looseness of it has been really liberating for me as a guy who's, who's so, uh, overcome with production and the the importance of making sure like the attention to detail it does matter but there's a point where you need to let it go and and uh, this is a really great lesson in letting it go i think there's two different products actually and i'll speak for my own because there's such a thing as i would refer to as a finished and edited podcast and then there is the live cast and i wouldn't replace either i would not be an either or I enjoy doing those finished pieces, even if I, I do some of these commercial spots. And they're enjoyable because you have time to get your rhythm and pacing down. You have time to work on the perfection of the word. You have time to add music if you want and as a subtrack. You have that, and it's, it's time to refine it to make something that really resonates in a different way. But in the live cast, when your heart's truly in it, and this is something I myself discovered because I, I did about 500 plus live streams from 2016 to 2017, and then I just erased them all. And then I went to this finished podcast model, which was, it was very intentional, and it took time. It takes three days to, to produce a podcast. And then when God put it on my heart after November 3rd that there needs to be more, there was no way I could meet that pace with that sort of approach. So I was forced out of that convenience and into the live cast. And I, I've come to absolutely love the live cast for everything you just said because it is freeing. It, it is, and you're, I think it's a different way of allowing God to work through us in a where you really have to trust when you sit down in front of that mic, you've got to trust where it's going to take you and where he's going to lead you. Absolutely. And, and the beauty of being able to do the music side of it for me is that's where, that's where the production is going to happen. And not to say that I won't do some podcasts where we produce it and we put it together. Cause that would, that would be, that would be lovely, you know, but, th but there's only so many hours as you said, right? Like, this is a great way to be able to have the spontaneity and the trust and the faith that you're going to be guided. And, you know, and we say a prayer before every, every, I mean, we've only done three, but we say a prayer every time we, we break bread. We say a prayer every time we, we get in the car to, to drive somewhere. And, and we say a prayer every time we're about to do this. Um, 
I think that having both and then for me, because, you know, I, when I, when I put a song together and I know that when I let that go in the world, that's it. And I have to trust that, um, you know, it will, it, whether it's something I've done for now, or it's something that's going to be for a hundred years from now, I want to make sure that I've at least given it the time and the dedication to make it sound as good as I possibly can. Um, but there is, but there's also an art of letting go. It's, it's really important to know when to let something go to free up the bandwidth, to give you the time to make the other things that are still waiting down the pipe. Right. And that's something where I think as artists, uh, composers, creators, anyone, I mean, woodworking, right. It's, it's something I've only recently got into, which I love. I absolutely love Courtney said, we've got to build this thing for the chicks. We need this extended. I'm like, uh, let's go. <laughs> you know, I get an opportunity. I get to use a saw, my table saw. I get to sit with the wood. Like I, that's amazing. Uh, I see some of the craftsmanship and I know that you've, you've done some of this as well and the, the dedication, but there's always that point of knowing like you can, you can keep sanding it. There comes a point where you have to know when it's done because otherwise you're never going to be able to get to the next one. Right. It's the first cut. My dad was an outstanding carpenter and remodeling contractor. And that has a bit of a legacy in the family because my great grandfather, Kelly Kesterson, was also a, a very traditional carpenter builder. And so that legacy was passed on to me. And I'll remember this piece I was doing that I must have sanded it for like three or four different nights. And I remember him coming into the shop and he's like, you need to move on. And I said, well, I'm not sure it's ready. And he said, that's because you're afraid of the first cut. Mm. You've got to make the leap and you have to take the risk. And there's a lot of in that. So wood definitely teaches, like all hand skills do, they teach a deeper philosophy in life. And we have to start accepting that so much of around us we're conditioned by. Yeah. And we're we're convincing ourselves that we are lesser than God ever intended us to be. God didn't intend us to have limits, but we accept what we're told around us that we do have limits. And I think in so doing, we lack the confidence to step out. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, we're, we're, we're operating in, we're operating in, uh, in a rigged racket that's designed to make you feel paralyzed in your fears and insecurities and in your doubts, the more I come deeper into my relationship with Christ, the more I realize, and you, and again, I, you know, I reference you a lot because, uh, well, I, I really appreciate and, and value the things that, that you say on the shows and about, you know, he has charged us with the task and promised us that we will do greater things. People can't fathom what that means because they're so used to being told what they can't do. Hence, again, that going back to advertising, right? You need us. Without us, you're not complete. It's conditioned from the beginning. You come into this world and everyone around you is telling you what you, what you can't do. So when you break free from that and when you have that faith and you build that relationship and you ask for guidance and you put aside what you think it is that it needs to be and you open yourself through prayer 
excuse me, through the conversations that you have with God, what can't we do? It all starts to make sense. These aren't just words. You know, they're not just things that are put there for the sake of sounding beautiful. These are, these are commands. They're promises to be honored, you know? So I think that we, we really, when we can get out of our own way, but never assume, never take the credit. One of the things that I say, and I say it for a reason, when people reach out and they say, hey, thank you, I really love this song, I, I say all glory to God. The reason I say it is because that's where the glory has to go. I can't take credit for any of it. I mean, I'm here as a result of God choosing to put me and you and all of us into this place. How would I be so arrogant as to assume that I was the, the guy that made any of this stuff happen? Has he chosen us, all of us, for different tasks? Absolutely. But the problem is, when you live in this world that pats you on the back and gives you gold stars, you know, and you start drinking your own Kool-Aid and you start thinking, hey, you know, and people start telling you how awesome you are. And this is, a, for me, a huge part of why I just wanted nothing to do with any of it. I, I've been hearing for the last 20 years, hey, don't forget about me when you're famous, you know, and it's like, now I understand why I, I, I that, that was such a, a hard thing for me to to hear now i understand it because it wasn't that i ever wanted to be famous it's that i wanted to be able to share the music but i'm so grateful that it didn't happen in the way that i thought it was going to happen god was keeping me for this time because this is what it was always going to be it was about using the tools and the gifts that were provided to be able to honor all that he's telling us and showing us and sharing with us and so you know, again, to, the, the long way around to answer that question is when you can get out of your own way and you can recognize that you are not walking this walk alone, you are together with the Most High who will always have your back, that faith can take you above and beyond anything you could ever imagine, but you have to be willing to be detached from what you thought it was, that outcome of that control mechanism of this is how it's going to be. You know, that faith is, is really, and that's, that's the, the walk with Christ, is, is a walk of faith. And, it's, and clearly, uh, you're doing it. And, it's, and for all of us, it's, you know, there's many nights where I just, like last night, I got to tell you, I was sitting in the studio. I had started a, a thing, and, um, and I stopped, and I just listened. And I was in tears, man. I was in tears of joy. I, I'm sure there was a lot of us. Uh, you're honoring the call. If you, it, when you know it, you know it, and there's nothing you can do. I don't think you sit down with the intention of you know, saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say these things that I'm, and people are going to feel this way. I don't think you even think about that, but it's, but it's working through you. But, it's, you know, it, but you're not the source of it, but you're blessed to be the vessel. I'm sure you can relate to that, right? Oh, absolutely. And I, I agree with that. I mean, there's any more, most of the, the details of the research are one thing, but the flow of the podcast is completely turned over to where God leads. The details evolve through the day like a song, and it's, it's a, it's a, you're creating something, and all of that's led in itself. So once I think that once we sit back and we start to realize, and you said it earlier, that we're just piloting the ship, and even when we get into that rocky place of the storm, 
we're still being guided by God because some of the decisions we're going to make, even if we have the technical skills to do it, the timing is going to be his anyway. It's it, All that is part of the process of really walking with God and trusting where he's going to lead us. It kind of re- reminds me of in the artist community, and I'm sure you come across this, they love to use this term, the muse, as the source of creation. And I always find it interesting because most that follow that, and this is more in the traditional arts, the fine arts that I've run into this between pottery or, or clay work and, and fine art painting. And I'm sure it probably exists as well in music, but they start out on this really amazing path of seeing talent move through them. And as they step away and don't acknowledge God, almost to the person, their work starts to become dark. And it's like this false worship of something other, which they call the muse, which is really a a jealous mistress that doesn't want that relationship, in my opinion, with them and God, and instead draws them into a, a darker realm and then begins the whole recreation of the gift that they actually have. Have you experienced anything like that? My entire career has been that battle and, and it's real and it does come for you. And a lot of the time, like I said, to, to get to, I mean, I've seen it firsthand and you, one can just go online and look at artists who started their career. And then within a few years of being catapulted into the spotlight, I mean, physically they change the darkness consumes them. You see it, it emanates and it's, it, it is absolutely a real thing. And it's, it's what, you know, I, I often, we call the inversion, you know, and you talk about it a lot. And so I have that thing about now what we have to do is, so we reinvert, we invert the inversion to bring it back to the way that God intended. And, you know, that's one of the things that I feel like, and we had spoken about this as well, um, you know, as artists and as creators and people who have talent to whether in their, their with film or with music or generally what happens is you have this talent and you get into it and people in these industries see it and where your energy goes is you follow the money because you go i i you know this is about me this is about my career and when you follow the money well where's the money what's the money gonna what's it gonna support the money's not looking for you to have a relationship with god the money is we know who the money belongs to so that for myself has been, you know, you, we talk about that conflict, like I was at death's door. There was n- like, I'm the guy that just turned the corner. And when my call came, which wasn't long ago, this was a, under a couple of years ago. Um, I, when I first got the call, I said, wrong number. You got the wrong guy that call kept coming and I was like, listen, man, I'm a guy who, uh, you know, this is, this is definitely not, this is not me. Um, but God kept calling and kept calling. And I knew at that point in time that I had been lied to my entire life from the enemy chirping in my ear, telling me, you know, well, 
you know, you were supposed to be famous or you were supposed to be this rock star and you're supposed to be this and you didn't and you're a failure and see, nobody really likes you and all these things and you, and you, you know, and you, and you see, well, how come these other people and they're not even that good. And, you know, and you start, and you start believing this, well, it must be me. Something must be wrong with me. Nothing is wrong with you. The system, the world, the, 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 the code is corrupt. The only way through this uh, utter, uh, you know, destruction is when you can humble yourself and recognize that God will get you through all of this, you know, and, and it sounds cliche to say, but it's like, it's just, I wouldn't have believed it until it happened to me. That struggle is very real. I feel like it's, it's, uh, we're at a point now where we can build relationships with content creators, with filmmakers, with musicians, with artists, with gardeners, with homesteaders, with homeschoolers. And we can do it in a way where we don't have to be uh, embarrassed about it, where we can bring our A game, we can bring production value to it. The tools are there, everything's there, and we don't have to find ourselves constantly succumbing and bowing to, to the system because we want the acceptance. So we have to rebuild these industries, rebuild these economies and invert that inversion and bring it back to that harmony. And we can, and we, and we will. And, and I know that that's the, I'm here because this was what God always wanted me to do. I walked away from music. I wasn't interested in being a recording artist. I left it all behind. And only when I left it all behind did God say, okay, now you're ready. Now's the time to do it. I can relate. That's that's really powerful, and I can very much relate in my own journeys in plural to to get to this point where you literally begin with a passion, and it's led kind of with the wrong fork in the road. But God didn't want you to go down that fork in the road. But like we do, we choose it, and then we end up in the place where we have to suffer the the consequences of that, which can be pretty brutal, and then. The call is still there, but we've become jaded within us and we've turned it off because it hurts or it frustrates. And then suddenly you get the continued call until you really don't have a choice. And then you're steered back. And I think that's the one of the profound things of, of walking truly with God is to get there. There has to be some pretty rough roads we have to trod and it is a process of breaking down, of letting go, and literally becoming that that dead man, so to speak. You've left it all. It's it's you've put it to rest, and there is where God steps in and does the most amazing work to rebuild and to now say, now look back at where you were, and look now at what I've been trying to tell you, and the world just changes, and there's nothing in the past that you could ever think of going back to. Amen. Amen. Yeah. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't change any of what was, uh, it was, it definitely wasn't easy. It's, it's, it's not going to be easy. We didn't sign up for easy. Um, that's okay. But where it is today and where I pray that it goes uh, I know for myself, I know that I'll never go back. 
this walk is one that that I have found is where I have to stay and and I feel like you know I spent the last couple of years really starting to to tune out a lot of like I stopped watching movies and you know I was always loved like cinema and and lots of music and stuff and we just went on a, a like a blackout full on uh blackout of all of this these these external influences cuz it's subtle it's in everything i mean it's in everything it's not a conspiracy this is what it is everything that you're exposed to has intention behind it as you walk through your day designed to take you away from faith and a relationship with god it's overt it's intentional but it's subliminal and so i wanted to clear the bandwidth and and clear the pipeline you know to kind of go i i got to get as much of this out of me as i possibly can in order to be able to now come back and start to to build relationships and start to talk to people and build communities and and i think it's important we have to have that downtime if we don't recognize the influences around us uh we're we you know the second we take our hand off the wheel you're primed to be influenced and taken and that's why it's like i have to throughout the day remind myself and whether it's a you know i i, I put on my I, you know I, I read a passage or i listen to my bible app or a devotional or uh it's it's necessary it's maintenance it's like the only way through because myself included i know that that uh if i don't do this it won't take long before i start reverting back to my old ways you know i met a pastor and we were having this conversation he'd been a pastor for 40 40 plus years and can't you know grew up in a now, I, I, again, I didn't, I grew up in a very secular family. It was never, uh, faith was never a component of my life. And he was, he'd grown up in a very strict, uh, you know, Christian home. But, you know, we, and we had this beautiful conversation and he shared with me, he said, Ever, and he goes, you know, because I said, I, I said to him, I'm unlearning 40 years of, of bad code. And he said, Ever, and I'm unlearning 40 years, you know, of, of this way that I, this rigidity that I thought that it was these rules and this structure and and so here's both of us completely different lives these parallel lives but we're both unlearning conditioning of the world of man you know so it doesn't matter you know this this is applicable to all of us nobody's exempt from this this is something you have to you know when you fall uh that shame how long you stay in that shame will determine how quickly you get back on your feet god doesn't want you in that shame you know but that's the world of man and that's the enemy again chirping in your ear well it was you see god doesn't love you you're, you're just you keep messing this up you don't have this like what what do you you know no you're, you're kidding yourself you, this is all this thing here's here's just another version of you pretending to know what you're talking about so when you when you overcome that shame and you get right back up and, and what, what he had said to me ultimately was it's about progress god wants you to have the progress he already knows your heart so when you know that he already knows your heart then when you make those mistakes when you fall just get back up and and keep going and recognize that unlearning a lifetime of lies of of misdirection uh you know if you were to think that one day you're going to wake up and get it all you're completely deluding yourself because it's just not the case have that have that grace have that 
the ability to to not inundate yourself with that, those expectations uh, that just are unreachable. And that's when you take the time to reground and you have that, you know, we t- you talk about it a lot, repentance. Repentance isn't guilt. Repentance isn't sitting there and, uh, you know, drowning in this, 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 this embarrassment and shame. Repentance is the relationship. It's having an honest relationship. God already knows, but take the time to do it, right? Say it, say it out loud. You don't have to, you have to say it to anybody. Say it by yourself, but say it, get it out. It's important to, to be able to say it. And um, yeah, I, I feel like I feel like through the community we have here at Bards, which is a lifeline for many of us, a community unlike any other, that I'm committed and dedicated to helping expand in any way. And I've and I've told you this, and I'll and I'll say it publicly. I, I'm I'm all in because I because I know this community is genuine. We're here for one another, and uh, you know, reach out to people in the community. But most importantly, reach out to God. Take the time to ground yourself. Because if uh, the second you take your hands off that wheel, man, believe me, the enemy is just waiting. And the only way is through the armor of God. I know this to be true. I would agree. I don't think there's enough respect given to what you just said, which is the enemy is waiting. There is not a question of whether the enemy is there it's a question of when the enemy is going to strike. And it only takes a small crack in the armor for that to hit. And I think that's one of the critical pieces, the importance of that whole concept of the armor of a gun. You have a beautiful family. You've included them. Your life is integrated as far as what you've shared. And that meaning that your children and your wife and everybody's involved in this creation process. And I think you homeschool your children as well. Talk a little bit about that whole process. Cause it's, it's a critical part of where we need to go. We've lost the family unit concept desperately. You've heard me talk recently about how even though families are together, how they've been undermined by social media because social media then becomes a, this sort of self-validation of instead of parenting, it becomes an experience of let me document my children and share it on social media so that others can tell me I'm a good parent. (laughs) And it's really a, a really sad byproduct of where we are. And so finding families that are truly uh, real uh, is, is difficult. There's, there's no, and from what I think we all experience in your show and, and what few interactions I've had, there's a real honesty in the heart of your children, in the heart of your family unit, you and Courtney, the whole thing. So our kids went to public school uh, previously when we lived in the city. And when all of this COVID stuff went down and they were like, okay, you're going to do remote learning. And we're like, yeah, that's weird. But they kind of, it was the end of the, I guess it wasn't quite the end of the year, but we had tried that where, you know, they got these kids in front of screens, like, like they're not already doing that enough. Um, and so when the September rolled around and we had discussed this, we were like, we asked the kids like, and we already knew, but we were like, Hey, listen, cause we've always had, we've always asked our kids. We've always treated our kids like people. 
they were they were smaller but you know they were they were people so we were never like we tried for the most part there are moments when you say because i said so but you've really gone through like a lot of iterations of well this is why and this is why and this is why but we've never gone right to because i said so um just because we wanted them to understand that you know the consequence of, of actions and accountability so we were like how do you feel about going back to school you're gonna have to wear a mask and we already knew like but we asked them and they're like uh, no like no please no and we're like perfect because we're not we're not sending you back um especially if you don't want to go and then this whole idea of you know treating cr kids like they're criminals in some internment camp uh to me was it was i mean it's it that it, that is criminal uh, unacceptable is the is the lighter version of it and uh criminal is where I would start. And, and in time, I believe that will be the case. Um, but nonetheless, we decided that being at home was going to be better for them. And Courtney, so we say we homeschool, but really Courtney is the one who homeschools. We all have a role, uh, not to say that, you know, it's like there, I, I kind of come in when things can get a bit hairy and, <laughs> they're better now but you know it's kind of like are you like are you not listening to your mom and then they know okay well like dad's like okay this is but they're really wonderful at what they do and i'll tell you this my kids were in public school and my son in particular there was one year where they went from these kids are playing with like these cards i guess they're like pokemon cards or whatever to the next year where they're glued to these devices and they're playing this game I think it's called Fortnite. I, I've, I've never played it, but uh, it's like a shoot 'em up thing from what I understand. And anyway, all these kids and we're, and we've never been into any of that. We're like, no, you know, your kids go outside. Like my kids, we give them a cardboard box. They build forts. They love it. Kaya, literally, what do you want for your birthday last year? She's like, I want a bunch of cardboard boxes. We're like, okay, like, that's what we got her card. This is what she wanted. Right. And it, like, it, it was great. She loved it. And they, so, and, and because we knew, from an early like earlier on and even this is before my walk with faith like i come into christ and i said this to you before was the missing link to all of it once i had the biblical context i knew the world was corrupt i you know i was red-pilled very young very very young about before that was even a term but i but the, but the, i didn't realize how far back this had gone so we knew earlier on like these screens these devices this isn't this isn't going to be a good thing and we don't want to you know when i'm seeing people and they've got strollers now that come with these things that where you put the phone it's built into the stroller this is not this well this was years ago yeah it's just like so i mean now i mean i i'm imagining now you just literally the stroller probably has like some screen that's just <laughs> pops holographic screen or you know but 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 it's kind of like we were not the family that that was like just pop your kids in front of a device because that's not what it is to be a kid. So um, when Zaren came home and was very upset by this notion that he couldn't participate, you know, I was like, what am, how am I gonna, what am I gonna do? So I, what I did is I went online and I found videos of people losing it. And I mean, losing it when they're playing video games, there's compilations and you can find them. 
And these are people who are playing video games and then they lose and then they start destroying the house. They destroy the room. They take the, the whatever, whether it's a, a PlayStation or a Xbox and, and they break it. And, and it's like, and it's literally like, like 20 minutes of just people going, you know, the parents put the, the, they take the phone from little Johnny and they put it in the car and little Johnny like breaks the car window, like all of these videos one after another, I, you know, because I'm, I'm explaining to him, I said, Z, the people that design these so-called free games, these are the guys designing, this, and, and, it, it, and it's fact, uh, in casinos, the slot machines, you know, th these online things where, yeah, it's free, but, but you, you know, you, you, uh, you game up with points and you buy these things so you get unlock codes and you've you know there's horror stories where parents are getting these bills thousand dollars the kids because it's got the credit card and he's getting the armor and getting whatever and more importantly i was like see do you see how crazy this is do you want to be like this like this this madness and it really like so as opposed to just kind of going no because i said so it was like no because I can't have you turn into that. You can't surrender your sovereignty and your peace of mind for this. So why I'm sharing it is seeing our kids. And this was one of many things. There was kid. There was times where he was like, he was six, seven years old. And he's coming home. He's talking about suicide. Suicide. Where? What? What are you talking about? Like. We would find out later that it was a kid that was talking about, you know, something that he had experienced. And this kid was like, oh, well, I just, I want to, I want to kill myself. And, and, you know, so, and then there was, the, there was, then there's like pornography. These kids are, they've got phones. Now you're in school. Now teachers can't say anything. Now all of a sudden you're in this world where the, the teachers are literally, their hands are tied. Uh, you've, I don't know if you had the chance to watch the, uh, you, I ended up watching the, the What is a Woman, Matt Walsh, the entire, the thing in its entirety. Did you get a chance to see the whole thing? Oh, I did, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, and that's just, you know, that idea, and I know this because I've spoken to teachers and people who, who are no longer there who are like, they're powerless. They can't do anything. So now your kids are in school and they're spending way more time in school than they are with you because most people just, they come home, they have dinner and they pop in front of the screen and, and then they go to bed. And who's raising them? Well, you're not raising them. And these other kids somebody else's parents are raising them. So we saw when we got our kids home, we saw, even though our kids were relatively like, for the most part, sheltered as best as we could until they went to school, everything changed. The harmony, the peace, the comfort, tranquility, the confidence. You have to take back your children. The, your children do not, belong to the state. They don't even belong to us. I don't own them, but we have to be good stewards. We've been gifted with these children. If you've had them, you can't just, and I say this, it's not, listen, this is really sensitive issue about telling parents. I'm not telling you, you do whatever. I love that. There's a clip that you played. I don't, I'm not sure. I think it was you, but it was basically the guy says, I pay for these kids. I do, you know, yes. I do what I want. Now it's not about the fact that we pay for them, but you know, we're all God's children, but during the time that they're in our care, we have a responsibility not to pawn them off, let alone to evil influences and school systems and and uh, systems in general, they are 
inundated with things that kids do not need. They're destroying their ability to think critically. You know, my kids learn about logical fallacy. My, ki- my kids point things out to me. We have the, we've been conditioned to think that they're going to miss out on something where it's exactly the opposite. You know, it, like that guy said in one of the things you played, this is the experiment. People have been homeschooling for thousands of years. It's what you do with it. You know, and, and God bless Courtney. She's, you know, she would say she's, she's totally like not doing a good job. She's doing a phenomenal job. And these kids are learning things. Let, who cares about the learning about what the corporations want you to learn? That's an old model. That's a dead model. But they're learning to be able to think critically. But more importantly, they're not at the mercy of these influences that I could see were, were, were just sucking the light out of them. So, you know, when you, when you say to parents, you got to homeschool, you're not just saying it because you're like, hey, you got to homeschool. Like you're saying it because what's at stake are generations of people who will be lost, who will be afraid, especially now. I don't know about where you live. I, there's still kids sometimes, not many here, but I, you know, who walk around outside with masks on. There's nobody around. This is criminal. These kids think that they're like these walking vectors of death and destruction. Can you imagine being a child and feeling like you're, gonna, you're the root cause of all that could go wrong? With, you know, with grandma and grandpa and anyone and your, your disease ridden and you need to be muzzled. My Lord, like what, like what we are about to, what we are going to have to deal with is, is it's beyond most people's imagination. So when you can have your kids with you, I, I say this, you have to make, you have to find a way to do it. If you care about them, if you care about the way that you want to raise them, you can do all you think you can do at home, but believe me, they're going to be they're going to be influenced by everything that's happening out there, and somebody else is going to be raising your kids. I I, I believe it like full on. No, I fully agree. I think that's one of the tragedies of our time too, is it's not appreciated or understood. Well, Evan, this has been pretty awesome. I mean, we just had a great conversation, <laughs> and and it's just been you, which I think is important I, I, I ramble no no it's just <laughs> just, just talking i mean there's in these sorts of conversations and we're, we're having i mean it's that's a lot of god working too because it's i think god can speak in a flash what takes us you know obviously minutes and and minutes and minutes to try to articulate but nonetheless it's resonating and it's good you've got a website for people to find your music I've had a lot of people asking. I've been posting the link because people are like, where is it? I'm desperate to find it. I put it together for, for as a result of, of the Bards audience. I didn't even have anything up. Like I, you shared a few songs and I was like, man, I gotta, I gotta, so like, I gotta make a website. So I actually literally slapped that together. Uh, so people could just listen to the tracks that you were playing prior to that. And it's interesting because people have found some of the older stuff and they're like, this isn't the same guy. So what I would say to that is I had, I had talked to Courtney about that. And I said, you know, I've got all this stuff. And some of it was like, it was where I was at. Some of it was like partying. Some of it's exactly what we talked about. Do I need to say, you know, well, it was true to where I was at, but it was not, it, it, it's not reflective of, it's like I, that can't be all that I leave behind. But I left it up because I think it's important for people to see that's a part of the testimony. Here's who I was. Here's where I was at. 
but here's who I am and here's where I'm going. So, you know, on Spotify and all that stuff, it's like, it's, there's a bunch of Everins. I've just, you know, I, I couldn't, I couldn't come up with a cool name. So I've always just gone with my, my own name, but I made everintherapper.com. Um, so people through the bards and anywhere, like basically who heard the stuff, they had a place where they could just go. You don't have to, you don't have to buy it. It's there. You can download it. Uh, you know, like I said, I don't get into, I don't do this because I'm looking to make money at it. Uh, people have been amazing for those of you who have like donated the people have sent me some money for it. I, I think that's, that's wonderful. Uh, I appreciate that. Uh, but it's not what's expected. And uh, that, so yeah, everintherapper.com would be the place to find it and always tune into your show because I'm going to send it to you before I send it to anybody else. And I, and I love that. And, you know, I kind of wrote you and I had asked you if that was cool. Cause I like that idea of, you know, it's like, well, listen, you can hear it here exclusively. Um, because I, cause I, know, I know I'll be listening to the show. So <laughs> it's not a, you know, it, it's, it's a, it's been a real blessing of you to do that, man. I, I got to tell you. Well, it, it, it's, it's awesome. You know, I, I told you the other day and I'm, I'm very honest about it. I'm very discerning on what comes on the channel. I think you know that. I'm very discerning on whether it's an ad that somebody wants me to run or whether it's, um, you know, pushing a line of music like your own. I mean, there's a lot to stewardship, and I don't exaggerate when I say that your your you know your talent and what your message is resonating and it needs to be shared powerfully and it speaks volumes to the fact as we kind of started out earlier in this conversation today is that the genre you're dealing with, which I'm still struggling with what it is. I know you, you use the term ever in the rapper, but I, I think it, it doesn't give it credit for what it is. And testimony to that is how many people, if you say rap, don't like rap and how many people now can't wait to hear your next piece. That's God moving in huge ways in using your talent in a way that the genre is not getting in their way and they're, it's cutting to the heart of what people are hearing and what they need to hear and what that message is is being delivered. So that's, you know, when I, when I say, you know, I just refer to you as Evren for simple reasons because the genre you're doing, they're really, and maybe that is just it. I don't, I think God yeah, works for sure. pretty powerfully. And I, I find that in my own work because there's really not a, there's really not a genre of what this podcast is. You have to list, you have to title your podcast. So is it religious? Is it educational? Is it news? It's everything and more, right? So what is it? And it's, it's a voice that God's using. Yeah. deliver and it's you're the same thing so really part of that deconstruction moment that we're having is all the old is being torn down as god's like hey in my opinion you know let's get rid of the stupidity of dividing us again let's just start creating and just trust in me and we're going to be okay and i think that's what's so powerful about what you're presenting and um you know uh, you know it's interesting when you say that it made me think about like what i what i because again i the idea of calling it something I, I fully agree with you but in our effort to take back and to 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 invert that inversion uh i like having the rapper there because it's like we, how many kids out there have a relationship with god and want to come out 
and share their music as rappers, as MCs, as singers, you know? So when they see, okay, Everin the rapper, well, this guy's a rapper and, and I love God and I've been gifted with this ability. If that can inspire others to come out and do it, then that in itself is is worth it because of course like i mean you know it's like bob the builder right <laughs> you know john the plumber well it was, it was kind of started as like well who's ever well he's ever in the rapper you know ever like ever in the rapper so it was more the idea of having you know like here's the here's the here's the thing scott and before you go I, you know i never for the last 20 years or very rarely when i introduce myself to people and they're like, well, what do you do? I I usually just say I'm a music composer, I'm a producer, and you know, because I've been writing music, and that's what I do. And if Courtney's around, she kind of always looks at me, and then she goes, yeah. And he's also, you know, and it's never been my thing. Um, part of because I've been ashamed of not what I do, but of what the industry of the of the connotation with rapper, because you hear rapper and you're like, oh man, like that's yeah, that that's I don't want to hear that. And I'm 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 like that too because I'm like they've they've ruined it. They've taken something that could have gone one way, and and intentionally turned it into something else. So part of reclaiming, I think, has to we have to to be bold in in that to say yeah, you know what, yeah, I'm ever in the rapper and you know, you don't like rap and that's okay. Cause either do I, but here's, here's, here's a way to, to do this that isn't necessarily going to follow what you think it is. And just like I would have never believed that I would be sitting here professing my love for Christ as a follower, as a disciple of the Lord, uh, many people would could never imagine wanting to listen to a rap song, but God works good through all circumstance. So if that's, if that's what it is that I need to do while I'm here, man, I, I'm going to do it. And, and uh, I'm going to, I'm going to share it because, because that's what he's telling me to do. Dead on, man. Well, Evan, we always close with a prayer. So if it's okay with you, we'll do a prayer. Oh, oh, absolutely. Father, we just thank you today for this amazing conversation. As we just begin to put words to the gifts and the talents that you give and the many ways in which you work to open our hearts and to let us use those talents to bring us closer together. And in this time, Lord, there can be something, I don't think there can be anything more important that we're building bridges. So our prayer today is just for the continued work, not only of Evren and his family, but of those that are out here that to be inspired and have confidence that within each of us, there is that gift and talent that we can tap into, that you'll lead us on and that nothing is insignificant, and that in the part of the bigger view of the world, that all things have importance in bringing people together, in giving us strength, and, in, and most importantly, in unlocking our potential to be unlimited as far as we can go. Guide us in these times, and we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Well, Evan, this is awesome, man. We really enjoyed the conversation today and just, you know, really happy to have you part of Bars Nation and just really look forward to what's coming down the road because you're speaking and people are listening. Thanks, Scott. I mean, I absolutely am beyond honored to be here and uh, I'm, I'm always here listening anyway. So this has just been such a, a blessing to be able to talk with you. I, I, thank you so much. Well, Patreon, that was Evren. 
and you can find him his music at everintherapper.com. It's all free downloads. If you want to donate, feel free to donate. But he's talented, and this is, again, just another story of many that are out there of gifts and talents and listening to God's call. And God's speaking loudly these days. We need to be listening to the call. Trust yourself. There's so much within each of us and so much unbelievable potential that we each have. We're not limited by what this society and what this world has tried to tell us we are or should be. God never put those restrictions on us, and I think that speaks volumes. So, Patriots, with that, thank you all for being here tonight. I'm going to do the regular closeout, and then we'll play Everin's latest after the, the normal outro of the show. So keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. Keep your prayers up. Prayers right now are just so important because God is talking and we need to be listening. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God will always win. But we're here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. Walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tonight for Bards FM. Until then or until the next time. God bless. And out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made, therefore they can be solved by man, and man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable, and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs, and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who moved forward and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor, will light our country and all who serve it. 
And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples. It has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. We push, we climb, we never give in, we become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray, we stand, we live by the words, in God we trust, we fear nothing, we are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath. Okay, patriots, so we're going to play Everin's new song, so sit back and enjoy. <laughs> 